You say goodbye. We say hello to cussing. You have been warned. Content is not suitable for all listeners. Welcome! You're listening to Bewitch Banter. I'm Krista, and I believe that people are inherently shitty. And I'm Amy, and I tend to believe that people are naturally good. But ironically, I'm a super believer in the supernatural and all things spiritual. And I'm a total skeptic. We're best friends, and in this podcast, we're seeking to explore and understand each other's perspectives with deep dives into the spooky, the spiritual, the magical, and the mystical and some straight up spoofs today there is no titties flying at me i'm kind of regretful <laughs> i know i'm being modest today got my top all the way up She's to my neck english lady today a proper i got my lady. pinky out <laughs> oh my gosh well today we are covering another topic of like amazingness last week was dreams this week is ouija boards I'm super stoked. I have so many like personal anecdotes, but anyhow, before we get into it, Ames, I want to make two shout outs. Mm, mm, shout mm, mm, outs mm. to our listeners. One of mine is a very good friend of mine from high school, Sarah Petro, now married name, uh, whose last name escapes me right now. I apologize, Sarah, out there. Uh, shout out to D Block. And thank you so much for listening and uh, truly makes our day. And uh, because Sarah told us that she listens, we gave her the keys to some topic ideas coming up. So I definitely want to do aliens. Yeah, we're going to do some listener picks from Sarah. Um, so thinking aliens. I had another shout out, but I honestly, my mind escapes me. So, oh, I know what it was. Abby, back to my ASU peeps and my Arizona girls. Abby's a dear friend of mine, like a big sis. And I freaking, Amy was like, hey, we got a new review. And I was like looking through all of them. And then I saw the Jax and Callie. And like back in the day, I think we shouted you out, Abby. And we didn't know it was you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I fucking realized I, I was looking at the spelling and I was like, holy shit, that's Abby. So she has a screen name for her son and daughter. So thank you all for listening and supporting us because it means the world. So we can keep doing this crazy ride. And uh, we are just so excited to keep continuing to bring good content to you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for the review. I mean, honestly, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for Ouija board. Yeah, you've been, she's been talking about it for like two weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, girl, I got I got personal stories. So well, here the skeptic being excited about a Ouija board. I know. And you better not have brought no bullshit in my house, by the way. Oh, I brought the spirits with me today. Oh, ooh. <laughs> They're not allowed to cross the threshold unless I tell them. So <laughs> well, first, we should get into a little bit before we get into the history <clears throat> I'm assuming you've used a Ouija board before, right? Ironically, I've only watched. because I I had this conversation with my sister and my dad. So my little personal anecdote is that my grandmother, Abuela, who is, again, the reason I know everything Espanol, she had one. And she was real, like, creepy about it. And my dad... Uh, I was confirming with him that I remembered my old, you know, young child memories properly. And he's like, oh, yeah, she had one, definitely. And she would never let me touch it. But she would let the grandkids play with it and fuck with it. And so then I. Why not you, though? 
I didn't. I chose to not participate. Oh, and so okay. I asked. I thought sister, she was like, "No, you're a spooky little bitch. You're yeah, not I mean, to play with it." One hundred percent. She knew that probably about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, she's like, "Oh, this bitch is gonna get somebody to attach to her." I think from being a kid, I always knew I had something. But uh, so my sister and my boy cousins would all play on the hen side. I confirmed that with my sister. She's like, yeah, I don't remember you ever playing. I was like, yeah, fuck no. I'm not trying to have something follow me. But I would watch them. And my sister's like, she's the doctor, y'all. Remember this. And she remembers it moving. So. I can explain why it moves in a little bit. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. And then I actually have used a Ouija board, but. So no, I haven't. Yeah, answer your question. Mine was homemade. It was on a cutting board. I have like vivid memories of this. I don't know which friend it was with. It was a cutting board I got from the kitchen in my upstairs bathroom. I lit some candles. I cut out paper and used a Simba cup. Like the Lion King? Yeah. Oh. Very do-it-yourself. And I was an asshole moving the cup to scare my friends. Oh, you're a little brat. Yes. That's that's not nice. I would totally be that person. (laughs) I knew you would. I have have some quips about that in my story for you. So (laughs) it's coming. The Ouija board actually was one of the most popular games in the light, late 1960s. I thought it was earlier time frame, but... Hmm. Yes, in 1967, actually 2 million Ouija boards were sold, which was more than Monopoly, which is... Oh, damn, and Monopoly's got the Monopoly on games. And I had so. no idea it was that popular. For being such a popular game, there is like a lot of mystery behind how it really came about. And did you know people call it the talking board or spirit board? I did. Okay. I knew that. For people who don't know, I'm assuming you guys all know this, but it's through, <laughs> has the alphabet numbers zero through nine, and then it usually lists the words yes and no. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it says hello and goodbye, which I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you said that earlier. Yeah, that's how you, correct me if I'm wrong on your research here, but you start the session with hello and to properly end it so nothing follows you home or attaches to you or stays in wherever your energy sphere or with you on your person, you have to say goodbye to say goodbye. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) I got to how the game was created, but I didn't talk about how to actually play the game. The heart-shaped piece of wood that people place their fingers on, you know what that's called? Oh, I used to. Remind me. It's a planchette. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't didn't know that either. So this is all new to me. Magnifying glass to see the letter or number. Yeah. And so when the game, the game was actually... That makes no sense. I said 1960, and now I'm saying it's released in 1981. Okay. Well. Maybe versions of it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I got (laughs) you. Guys, I promise I did my research. I'm not making this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that creative. But maybe it was like a version. That's not true. Actually, I think there's certain. You're right. There's different editions of the game that was released. So in 1981, whatever version I'm talking about. So there were advertisements for the game. That were in newspapers and it was like advertised as a toy that's basically magical and it's going to answer questions about the past, present, and future. And it was kind of advertised with like amazing accuracy and it was only sold for $1.50. I hear Miss Cleova. Yes, I feel (laughs) it in my bones. And we have incense burning too in my scent today is Mayan Temple, by the way. And smoking beautifully, like, tendrils towards Amy right now. Yes. He's, like, the prophesier right now. <laughs> it was only sold for $1.50. And I was like, damn, inflation sucks. <laughs> Can't get anything for, like, even at the dollar store now. Wait, sorry, how much is it now? I didn't look. Oh, oh that's a good question. Let me look it up really quick. I bet you it's, like, 40 bucks. I was going to say 20 my uh, 20 bucks. Oh, fuck, you're right. Or you can get it even for, like, 14 Oh, man. Yeah, so not too expensive. 
I don't think it's as popular today, though. So originally the board was made out of wood. So was your grandma's made out of wood? Uh, no, it was like... Cardboard? A, uh, no, it was like a playing board. Like you would buy at Milton Bradley yeah, game. Then- uh, uh, but it had like a... You thought, uh, laminate? Whatever. That's still cardboard. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah, then yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like a playing board. And yeah. I thought this was really interesting. The game actually had a patent. Oh, here we go. And meaning at a time only Hars... Is it Hasbro? How do you say that? Hasbro, yep. Hasbro, Monopoly, Furby, My Little Pony. They were one of the only ones who could actually produce the game. Okay, so they owned the patent. Through the patent, they're claiming that the game actually works. It's able to communicate I'm to... I'm so surprised to, they let that fly. But I have a story about it. It's really interesting. But the patent was basically saying it. The game works and you're able to communicate with spirits. That's how they were able to receive an official patent. The game popularity and origin was all really a byproduct of the time and because of society's current in, uh, interests. Hmm. So I'm going to take us back to episode one now. Oh, yay. Yes. And you're probably going to be more of an expert on this. Oh, but let's see. I'm going to take us back to 1848. Okay. And we're going to be in a bedroom. Being, we're Ooh, not creepers, uh-oh. though. Ooh. We're not creepers. Why you got to say it to me, though? You know where I'm going to take that <laughs> immediately. Okay, but there's kids kids involved. <laughs> okay, no, that's gross. Yeah, I'm not so, a pedophile. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Let's clarify. <laughs> Calm down, Krista. <laughs> and there's two girls in a small farmhouse in New York. The Fox Sisters, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and every night the Fox Sisters, Maggie and Kate, said that right before bed they would hear a series of Oh, that their sounds, parents that's, banging like their that sounds dad's funny. ball sack against mom in the next room over on the wooden bed. I didn't mean to make that sound so dirty. <laughs> See, even you thought it. So it wasn't just me on this one. I heard a horny ghost next door. What could no, we actually, call okay. Kirby the horny ghost? I need to calm down. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, my my uh, spirit's infecting Amy. Of <laughs> thirst. No, but they would hear a tapping on the walls in the bedroom and also on their furniture. Clap, clap, clap. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> mommy, daddy. <laughs> what are you doing to mommy? <laughs> but they invited their neighbor and they invited their neighbor. They're like, you got to come witness this. So the neighbor came over and they asked the spirit to respond to different questions. And one of them was to make like a thud for every year the neighbor. They asked like, how old is the neighbor? I don't know how old she was, but. What if she's 80? That's a lot of thuds. Yeah, so the spirit would respond. I mean, that they get into it now. I mean, you know, ready for a landing almost. That speed (laughs) rhythm. So the neighbor's over, Maggie and Kate, and they asked the spirit, are you injured? And the spirit answered... One, two, three. Is that Morse code for I have no idea. Dot, dot, dot. I, mean, I don't know. I should know Morse code as a sailor's daughter. I don't. I'm assuming that's Y-E-S. Oh, okay. Because no would be two. Well, S-O-S is one well, dot, dot, dash. If, but if you're, if they're asking a yes and no question. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So no would be, we're geniuses. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, perfect. Like you covered in episode one, we know the Fox sisters are frauds, and they're really just playing a prank. And That's this a really fucked up prank. Yeah, and this really was the start of their shenanigans and they their love of like deceiving deceiving people. Sorry. Do you know, did you ever watch Waiting? No. That's the name of the restaurant. It's supposed to be like Bennigan's, but it's called Shenanigans and it like takes you through the lives of the waiter, the wait staff and it's like 
fucking hilarious. It's a TV show? It's a movie. Oh, okay. With I'll Ryan check Reynolds. But oh my God. Shanine. <laughs> so oh, I think I watched that. I didn't like it. Oh, girl, we have such different humor, I swear. Mm-hmm. These two younger sisters basically convince their older sister. I'm sure the older sister was like, yep, I want money. But basically uh, that they were communicating with the spirits. And that's when their older sister became the manager. And then we know the two younger sisters like traveled around the world and they're really famous mm-hmm. mediums. Yep, and people came to them too. So not only were they getting booked around the world, but people were flocking to see them from what I recall. And I was researching. I was like, Krista will fill in the rest for me. Oh, sweet. And Got you. <laughs> Got you with the assist but for March know, Madness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we know these sisters basically were like the catalyst of spiritualism, uh, which we haven't really covered, which I think would be really interesting. It's a religious mm-hmm. movement that focuses on the belief that spirits of the dead do exist. Mm-hmm. And these spirits can communicate with the living. Yep. And we have to think about the time. So this is when the Civil War had just ended. Ugh, can you imagine the bodies and the, the just, oh, how horrific that probably was? No, I can't. You know what I, I mean? I mean, we're going through that on oh my God. Ukraine. It's Every hard. time I look up, because we have a TV in my newsroom, obviously, it's always, I see it's plumes of smoke. I, I, I'm like, honestly, are we back in World War II? What the fuck is happening? No, it's devastating. So, yeah, God bless anyone in Ukraine or has Ukrainian family members. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's it's horrible. And it's just all, like, one man's fragile ego. Yeah, right, dude? Like, first, like I said, I said this before and over and over again. Motherfucker, you already won the war of information. You already fucked up our our country in the First Amendment. So what else can you do? What else but can you fucking like, do? It's like him... Don't showing his power. You know what I mean? So like he must I, have a little dick, and this is the only reason mm-hmm. he needs. You know what I mean? Fuck mm-hmm. off, dude. And anyway, God bless all the, everyone over there. And please, um, we should look into like funds to donate to. But I'm assuming like Red Cross or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure there's endless ones. So it was around the Civil War, and so you have to think about like several families at this time are like mourning the loss of like their fathers, the sons, the, their husbands' lives. This really gave fire to the spiritualism movement and people at this, because there's so much loss, people are desperate to communicate to their loved ones. Yeah. Is there, yeah. I mean, a sad I remember time. covering this. Yeah. Yeah. A sad time. At this time in 1886, newspapers, like I mentioned earlier, started spreading about a mysterious board called the talking board. It kind of started in Ohio mostly and then it worked its way around the country. Got it. So the question is, who was the mastermind behind this game? Corey's ghost reincarnated <laughs> in Urbana, Ohio. Or the ghost that lived in his house. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, well, he has like uh, squirrels in his attic. And it, you can always hear uh, banging all around his house. Oh, that's creepy. Well, he doesn't live there anymore, but they, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, old Victorian house. home. But so we have two people. So first we have Charles Kennard. And when I was reading about him, it made me think of uh, Saul. Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Best fucking character ever. Yes. I'm excited for that new season. And he was basically described as not being the best or the most honest businessman. And he seemed kind of scummy. And that's why it made me think of Better Call Saul. That word, P.S. scummy, has been, like, reoccurring in my life for the past, like, week. I've been hearing it. I'm like, I haven't heard it in a while, but I fucking love it. And I'm going to keep using it. Yeah, and he's, like, just the kind of guy who's, like, desperate to do anything to make a dollar. Like, he doesn't – and he doesn't care when it comes to morals. And he – Well, there's a lot of those, as we know. And he actually started the fertilizer business, and he claimed – In the bullshit business. Yes. (laughs) Literally. And he claimed he had a secret bone mix recipe 
But in all fairness, it sounds like everyone at that time claimed they had secret recipes for, like, the magical fertilizer. Uh, he was successful at first, but then due to the trout, he lost his business. That shit dried up, literally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's at the time, he had an office, and he was working, like, it's kind of one of those, like, shared offices with other businesses. And that's when he met his co-partner, E.C. Reich. And he was a Prussian immigrant. Listen to that German. Yeah, I did take German Listen classes. to that accent. <laughs> Is it Reich? Ooh. The other guy, he started in the furniture business. And then he ended up making coffins. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we have a guy from fertilizer to games to furniture to coffins to a game board. And I mean, it has wood involved, I suppose. I mean, that's the only con- thread I see. And I guess maybe, unfortunately, this is really morbid, but probably business was booming. Uh, honestly, if it's a civil war, yeah. like you said, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there'd be a high demand. Absolutely. Um, which is kind of messed up to think about. Yeah. But he was the kind of guy who like loved to tinker and just like made new inventions and just loved being creative. E.C. Reich and Charles were reading these stories about this magical game, and that's when they were like, well, why don't we jump on the train and make our own? Charles then kind of abandons E.C. Reich and, like, moves to Baltimore. And he started another fertilizer business, and he's, like, involved in real estate. And while he's working in these two companies, he doesn't want to give up on the idea of having a successful talking board, like, make make the game actually be successful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's going around kind of schmoozing and pitching his idea to several investors and I have to say, one thing he did have was grit, because no okay. matter how you many respect that. yes, like how many times he was told no, he just kept going. He's like, I'm going to find the right person who will give me a chance. White man complex. Fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. I mean, I admire that. No, by the grit, yes, it finally paid off. So he uh, is in front of Elijah Bond, and he's doing his pitch, <clears throat> and it's perfect because Elijah Bond actually had a sister-in-law named Helen Peters, and she was a practicing medium. So Elijah invests, and this is basically when they start manufacturing and mass-producing the Ouija board, like the ones you purchase today. Okay. Did they, sorry, dumb question, did they have, then they must have had the mass press at this point. Or did they hand-letter it? Because if they did, that's incredible. I didn't get that far. And also, to me, if you're hand-lettering it and stamping it, that, to me, means more energy, more hands are actually touching it, so more room for, this is my spiritualist talking, but like... I don't know, again, maybe to help them make this claim that it could work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically, Helen is a huge key in this whole process because she's the one, because she's the medium, right, who can talk to the spirits. She was actually able to convince the U.S. Patent Office to grant the Ouija board a patent. Get it, Helen. She didn't Mm -hmm. only successfully get a patent from the U.S. federal government. She also received a stamp of legitimacy from the government that the board was called Ouija, because the spirits had communicated to her through the board and that the name meant good luck. And it doesn't mean anything, right? If I recall. Uh, it had nothing to do with the fact that she was wearing a locket that had the words Ouija on it. Oh, that, oh shit. Was it a brand? What was it? I have no idea. But no one knows? she totally lied about it. Well, girl. Because they said that at the time she had a necklace and it said Ouija and she probably just was like, What's the name for it? And kind of look down. Look down. down. Look, yeah. Oh, shit, shit. Let me, let me look. Oh, it's lamp. This, it's I a, love lamp. Oh, it's the spirits <laughs> communicating to me through my chest. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Charles actually, through this, is one of the only successful people at, at the time 
to patent a board game. Obviously, now there's several games that have patents. Sure. So he's one of the first pioneers, I guess you can say. So smart. Yes. I mean, holy shit. At this time, kind of like I mentioned, because of the Civil War, people had a very different relationship with the idea of death. So you have to remember, at this time, the average person was only living to around the age of 50. Mothers. Wow, that's kind of a mind F right there. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was more common to, like, uh, experience, like, miscarriages or infant sure. deaths. Or, so, or birth and labor, right? Because they didn't have sanitization or hospitals as much. Yeah. So, really, death was more on people's minds than it is today. Because mm-hmm. it was more something that happened more frequent. This is kind of where we get to, like, the dark part of the Ouija board. Okay. And it's all due to what we find in most of our stories. It's because of... Assholes. Gr- greed. Assholes who have greed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Greedy assholes. What do you say? <laughs> Greedy assholes. Yes. Nice way to put it. In the early 1890s, 2,000 boards were being sold a week. So that's quite a bit. Oh, my God. Even now, shit, we, I would love if we could move merch like that. I mean, yes. <laughs> shit. And this is where it kind of sucks for Charles. So he mistakenly cashed out too early because he kind of thought he reached his peak. Sucks to suck. Yeah, Peacock. And he <laughs> sold it to William Fudd and Isaac Fold, uh, or Fold, if I'm saying that right. And this is where William and Isaac, they actually started making millions of dollars Damn, from this board game. Day. Wow. This is where William ended up, like we said, greedy assholes, became very greedy and decided he didn't care about his relationship with his brother and decided to ensue like several lawsuits. So he could have the sole ownership. So he's putting the money over his family, which mm. I think is really messed up. This made Isaac so upset, which rightfully so. I'd be like, you're my family. Come on. Like everything right. is above, to me, family first. He actually had dug up his deceased baby daughter. <gasps> they had like a family gravesite <sighs> and had her buried somewhere else. Like, out of um, principle. Because he's like, I don't want anything to do with you. Wow. Because of this, the two sides of the family really hated each other's guts. Yeah, I I mean. And they didn't speak for almost 100 years because of this feud. Oh, like all the relatives. Yeah. So, like, the daughters and the granddaughters, they, like, hated each other. That's some, like, old school Italian shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Greek shit. And this is where karma gets the best of William, though. And if you believe in paranormal... Uh, you yep. might think this is uh, karma, or maybe it's like the spirits fucking with him mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Most death the ladder. Yeah. William's working at a factory, and he's installing a flag. And he's leaning on a railing, like, probably to, like, you know, lean over and hang the flag up. And this is when the railing kind of gave away, and he falls down with the railing. Oh. Uh, and he falls off the roof. And the coroner stated Holy that shit. this part I don't understand that he had a broken rib that pierced his heart. Oh, uh, which, no. which honestly, I kind of feel bad what I just said. That's tragic. Oh, that's sorry. I'm very squeamish, as y'all know. And the coroner must have been into the supernatural, too, because he told the family. Well, wasn't everybody just back in the day? You know? Yeah. And this is like, again, spiritualism it's running rampant. And he tells the family, hey, the father communicated to me that you should never sell the rights to the Ouija board. Like, it never should leave this family. That's right. Generational and wealth. <laughs> they did follow his advice, but four decades, la- decades later, they did end up actually selling oh. it. Oh. And they sold it to the Parker brothers. 
Okay. Yeah, and this is when they moved the factory to Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, even creepier. And so they moved the factory, and this is when the Salem witch trials had just begun. Holy shit. And because of, like, all these events, uh, this is when the game really took took off off again, and it sold over 2 million boards that year. I didn't realize it was around during that period. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's very interesting. I would most definitely be burnt at the stake. Actually, no, they ha- they hanged in Salem, if I recall my history yeah, properly. Yeah, they didn't. I would be hanged because I would definitely have one of those boards back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I think we both would. We know, like, um, Ouija board has been inspiration for Hollywood, but also famous poets. So, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Sylvia Plath. Oh, yeah. She used it. and She, she was just, a depressing lady. Yeah. Depressed. Uh, lady. A little me, bit of a downer, right? She used it, and she said it was an automatic writing tool. So I guess it helped her. And then there's someone I didn't recognize, James Morrell. But I guess he was a Pulitzer Prize winner. I should know that. Oops, and the game was actually at this point, because always, I always kind of view as like this sinister game, but at this point it was seen as still being a rather innocent, fun game. Okay. So no one really bought it. Well, or they did, but they didn't. They did, but it was harmless. Like, they, didn't they didn't think that demons could come through it. Yeah, like kind of yeah. how you were like, I won't. Fuck I don't with fuck it. with it. Nope. I was like, literally, I was like, please, God, don't do not let her bring one into this home. <laughs> like, I, I was like, <laughs> well, you why know would better. I own one? That'd be really. I don't know. To fuck with me, I thought maybe you would like even do on a, like a hand drawing of it, but no. I was like, no. Mm-mm. It really the perspective changed when Hollywood started like monopolizing oh, on it and making it. Um, and the movie that really changed everyone's perspective. Do, do you remember this? Because I don't remember Rosemary's this movie. Baby, The Exorcist. Oh, okay, so, this so later, later. in the movie, I don't remember this at all, but the daughter explains to her mother that she uh, uses the board to ask questions to the demon that, and the demon that actually ends up possessing her. Yeah, in the movie. okay. I have a few possession stories in for you coming, which I should remember that because Corey watches that movie every single Halloween. It's like his <laughs> tradition. I don't remember that either, though. That yeah, part. maybe it's the original. I don't know if I've seen. I, or, yeah, maybe it. Uh, yeah. Or I probably saw the original in like middle school. Been featured in like. Almost about like 20 movies. And I'm surprised not more actually. This is my favorite part of my whole entire research. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. Bring so, it home. Yeah. This is, so the Ouija board, like I said, does actually work, but not in the way we probably wish it did. Hmm. It's not through the spirits that the planchette moves, but a professor named Sydney Fells, she threw like a Halloween party for her graduate students and she put a Ouija board out. They're having a lot of fun. Through, like, watching them kind of, like, sparked an interest into her. And, and this studying, is, yeah. And this is where they discovered it works due to something called the ideometer effect. Whoa. So it does work? Yeah. Not but, by spirits, but it actually, like, moves? Yes. And so, what the fuck? I did not know that. I'm Honestly, gonna, the believer is, like, even shocked. This is incredible. <laughs> so I'm going to get very uh, scientific here. You're Do- a doctor now. Dr. Holt here. She's back. Yes, she's back. <laughs> the ideometer effect, it's described as the influence of the unconscious mind on muscle movements. So in breaking it down even a little bit more, it's basically the unconscious mind that can direct movement in the body. After throwing the Halloween party, the professor, Dr. Fells, and along with another professor, Dr. Rensick, they wanted to learn more. They're like, this is so fascinating. So they wanted to perform a trial to see if the game could be used to unlock unconscious knowledge. So they bring in participants and they're going to and they are testing them by asking them really tough questions. Through the trial, they had amazing results. 
the participants that had a um who didn't use the board during this like mm-hmm. quiz they had a 50-50 shot of answering the question correctly however when they were using the Ouija board they were able to answer the questions correctly 65% of the time whoa the board actually amplified the study's participants tiny unconscious movements and helped them answer questions whoa Basically, boiling it down, they walked away from the experiment and they learned that a person's unconscious mind is much smarter than we ever realized. Mm-hmm. And it, we, it, is, it is capable of pulling bits of stored information that is accessible to the conscious mind. This is what I love. So this experiment caused so many questions to arise. Yeah. They started to ask, can like Alzheimer's or dementia patients oh. access their unconscious mind's memory with the use of different tools mm-hmm. and resources? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So the studies opened the floodgate to like other experiments Mm -hmm. and like what else can we do and like what other trials can we do to try to help people like with these, Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like how you would say it? Like they're like with their mind, like losing your memory. Yeah. Degenerative memory. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. And I was going to end on a happy note. Yay. Please do. Yes. Which I actually think this is a really... I mean, what I just said was also really awesome, too. So the research actually brought the two families. Remember I said William and Isaac had that feud and they weren't talking to each other? Actually brought the two families back together. William's grandson, I think he's around like the age of like 36 or so. Okay. So around our age. Our age, yeah. And his name's Stuart. And then on the opposite side, we have Isaac's granddaughter, Kathy. They're both reaching out to the researchers because they're really fascinated about what's happening and like... They want a chance to learn more about their grandparents mm-hmm. because they've both passed at this point. Right. So the researcher was like having them both reach out and he didn't want to bring up the fact that he was talking to each of them individually because it's going to be awkward, right? He, need, he knows they have, a, it's like well known. They oh, have a, I see. Okay. They have a feud. Like okay. they don't talk to each other. So they haven't mended yet. Yeah. Kathy actually ends up asking the researcher like, hey, any chance you've talked to Stuart and do you have his phone number? So she ends up giving him a call, and this is when they kind of, like, the feud's over. Hash it out. Yeah. And they they didn't realize that they grew up five miles away from each other the whole time. Stop. How sad. Yeah, but now it's, I mean, it's kind of heartwarming, so now it's like they're, like, back to being reunited, and they see each other on a regular basis. Oh, good. I hope their kids are friends and everything, too. Oh, my God. Yes, it's, like, happy, warm, fuzzy feelings. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) But that is History of Ouija board, which I did not think it was going to be that fascinating. Fucking totally fascinating. Great job. I know. Isn't that awesome? Um, I was like, I, had, I thought it was going to be kind of boring. Be like, oh, some con artist made a Ouija board. Yeah. No, I'm so fascinated by the psychology you just covered. Like, the mind and body is so incredible. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. the health, like, the discoveries through the trial. I was like, did not think it was going to take me there. Yeah, wild. Yeah. I Honestly, I did not connect the timeline and space uh, or history of like that being the board and, and witch trials i didn't even well i've never questioned it i never really thought i've never really had a second to be like oh who created it i thought i was gonna be like another shitty person today on bewitch banter <laughs> well one of them kind of yeah sorta. i mean he was hustling we yeah, all that's have, true we all have to hustle at the end of the day hustle, i mean we baby. gotta bring some money home we we hustling with this right now i'll tell you what speaking of y'all want to rate review and subscribe we'd totally uh 
hustle that. <laughs> and support our Patreon. And support our Patreon. No, whatever you can do would be awesome. And if you can, thank you. And we'd love to feature your ideas, just like my friend Sarah from back home. So aliens coming at you at a later date. Yeah, I'm excited for aliens. I think that'd be super fascinating. Most deaf exist. And tune in on Thursday. We got an e- awesome story episode coming your way. I'm excited to hear what you're covering. Yeah, so it'll be, I'm calling it Peruvian Possessions via Ouija. I think I named mine the Drunk Jury's Verdict on Iceman. Very intrigued. <laughs> I'm like, like the Iceman, the superhero? Or the villain? <laughs> I'm going to leave that cliffhanger there. <laughs> I'm going to leave you guys with that. Oh my God. Peace be witches. Peace. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram or bewitchbanter.com. Suggestions for the show? Emails at bewitchbanter at gmail.com. Credits? Music Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from premiumbeat.com. Podcast edited and produced by Kristen Hins and Amy Holt. As always, if you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe. 